My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Here in the studio today, we have another amazing guest, Cassandra Philogene. It's so great to have you here, Cassandra. How are you? Dallas, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm great. And where are you calling from today, Cassandra? I'm actually calling from Orlando, Florida. Okay, great. And how long have you been living in Orlando? Um, over 20 years. Wow. And how far do you live from Disney and from the theme parks there? Actually, not too far. Do you guys have season tickets? No, I don't. Oh, you would think that you would, but yeah, most Floridians, we don't. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here today, Cassandra. And we're here to talk about your book, The Power of the Gospel in Your Relationships. And I'm excited about the title because the gospel, I'm a missionary. I want to share the gospel. More people need to hear about the gospel. And so you're taking that into your book. So I'm excited to, to hear your perspective behind that and the inspiration. Before we do, before I ask you some questions about your book, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe why you're a Christian today and some other things about you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I was born and raised in the church. And so I've done church my whole life. The religion thing was definitely not a problem um, for me. Went to church 52 weekends out of the year. Um, But the issue came about that even though I had no problem doing religion, I definitely had an issue with doing relationships. Um, And it wasn't until God literally spoke to me Um, I was alone in my apartment, and I heard a voice say, you don't know me. And I knew it was him speaking to my heart. And I was like, of course I know you. I mean, ask me anything in the Bible. I can show you where it's at. Um, I have no problem with that. But he was like, you know about me, but you don't know me. So it was almost like my relationship with God was more like a celebrity with a fan. Sure, we can follow them on social media. We can read about them on magazines and online. But the reality is, if God and I were to cross paths, we wouldn't recognize each other because we didn't have a relationship. Um, And so he pointed that out to me, and that started me on a journey uh, where I had to recognize that religion without relationship is just empty. And so I spent the next seven years going through and reading the Bible. And I realized that relationships need three things to grow. You need time, communication, and vulnerability. And so I began to set aside dedicated, uninterrupted time between myself and God, um, where I would spend time in his word. And that's how he would communicate with me through the love letters in the Bible. Um, And then I had to be vulnerable. I had to realize that my righteousness really was filthy rags, right? That I, there was not a a checklist of good things that I could do that was going to get me into heaven. What was going to get me into heaven was being with the one whom I love. Um, And so that started my journey. Um, It's been nine years uh, since then. And 
I, even though I had been baptized in the church, I wasn't um, baptized in being in love with God because Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three that you have to be baptized with the water and by fire. I had gotten the water part down pat, um, but the fire part of the Holy Spirit living inside of me um, that came later, and so that's pretty much been my my journey for the last um, I want to say. Uh, nine to 10 years. I love the way we started the podcast because this is so true. And so many people need that wake up call. Hey, it's not about religion. Hey, it's not about just coming to church. That's my message in Brazil. It's amazing because that's exactly what I'm preaching. And oh, I love it. It's so good. That's wonderful. And man, what would be your advice to some other people who are in that place where they really just need to wake up and be like, no, it's not about religion. It's not about regulations or rules. It's about that relationship. What would be your advice for that? I would say, I guess my strongest advice really is to understand what was the whole point of God coming down, right? He didn't come down to to tell us a set of beliefs, right, that you had to follow. Um, he said that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and the Father himself loves you. It wasn't like you need to tithe and keep these rules. Those are all important aspects of it. Um, but God was saying, I'm here because I love you. And if you love me, then you will, you will do such and such. You'll keep my commandments, et cetera. But it has nothing to do um, from the onset of, of hey, I'm, I'm keeping the, these rules and I have a checklist. Because God's not looking at a checklist. He's looking at your heart. And so I'd say reevaluate your relationship with God because um, he knows everything about you and he still loves you. I think it's amazing how you also said that I knew the word. If you would have asked me anything about the Bible, I could tell you, but I didn't have the relationship. But the way that fixed that was reading the word. What? What? Yes. I'm (laughs) I'm so glad you caught that because that was, for me, it blew my mind because I was like, I had studied the Bible before, but as a proof text, right? I was like, yes, let's have discussions with atheists. You know, I was like, creationism, that's the way to go. And actually, one time I was discussing with a friend of mine who's a physician, but he's an atheist, and we were talking, and I had this argument lined up, and I was ready to do this one-two punch, and I was like, I cannot wait to get these words out. And then it's like this voice spoke to me and said, I never asked for you to send me. I asked you to show my love. And it was like the wind was knocked out of me because there – I was ready to to show and to prove that, yes, God does exist and creation is, you know, the more logical reasoning behind why we exist. Um, and God was like, that's not what I'm searching for. I can defend myself. And, and that was one of the issues that, that Eve ended up slipping up in the beginning, but she was trying to defend God. And God's like, I don't need defending. I just need you to believe me and to show others my love. Um, and to me, it changed my entire perspective of when I'm reading the Bible, I'm no longer reading it as a proof text. Instead, I'm reading it as someone who's in, falling in love with a being who would rather suffer the eternal death than to have me go through it. Wow. And that's the gospel, the power of yeah. the gospel. <laughs> that's it. You got it, Devil. <laughs> Growing up in different eras. Charlita and Reed had no idea their paths would ever cross until one Sunday afternoon. 
After learning of Reed's continuous battle with cancer, the friendship between the two deepened, causing an effect to both the natural and spiritual realm. After what they've experienced together, will love be the answer in keeping Reed alive? Purchase your copy of No Greater Love by Charlita Houston on Amazon today. His quest for power, fame, and wealth are no different than a long list of people who have already failed throughout history. However, no one has possessed the intellect, ingenuity, and support structure that he has obtained. Nothing seems impossible for him to achieve. As the world is faced with unparalleled problems and changes, everyone is looking for a hero. Tyre Ahaben tends to be a new kind of hero. Find this and more in Michael V. Gordon's newest book, Ascension, available on Amazon. And when did you release this book? Because this is all amazing, but I'm sure you wrote some of these things into the book. So when did you release this book to to the public? This book actually got released the day after my birthday, January 29th. Um, so most recently. Like a week. Yeah, basically. Wow. <laughs> it's fresh. Okay. And so how did your own spiritual life play into writing this book? So one of the things that I get to do is amazing. Um, like you said, you're a missionary, and I've gone on several missionary trips, and I love them. But every time that I would go, it, it's like you would have this spiritual rejuvenation, right? Yeah. And then you would come back to your everyday life, and then you kind of like fall back into the same patterns, forgetting the wonderful time you, you've got to spread the love of God with others. Um, and so one of the things that I get to do, I get to be a dean and a director um, at Advent Health University here in Central Florida. And God was showing me that I had the chance to interact with young people all day long. But was I leaving them better than when I found them before? And the reality, it, I wasn't. And God was telling me that, look, what you do is great, but you have to understand that you're first a missionary. You don't have to get on a plane to travel. Those I've called specific individuals to do, that's a dedicated life of work. But he's like, I've also called you to be a domestic missionary. Are you making every day and a better opportunity for someone to get to experience my love? And the reality was I wasn't. And I liked my kids that I got to work with, but I didn't love them. Um, and so God showed me that you need to share my love with others and as I spent time in his word, I began to see his love in my life spill over in the lives of others. And it changed the, basically the trajectory of, of what I do. Uh, now I can't wait to get up in the morning, um, even though we're in, in different situations now. And I have to see a lot of my students through um, the Internet, through Zoom, through Teams. But I'm still able to pray with them, right? I'm still able to let them know that, you're special and that God loves you. I know this because he's told us in his word. And so we touched on the gospel part, but the second part of the title says in your relationships. And so why did you single in on relationships when talking about this? Because what's interesting is that when we read the Bible, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and we read it through and it's like, oh, we're used to it. It's a, it's a great story. But when you take a look at the actual language, because I'm in education, um, 
that the Hebrew context actually says in the beginning, the family of God, because that word God is Elohim, which is a plurality. So right there from the beginning, we can see that a relationship was what caused the creation of the world. And so as I continue to write this book and, um, and to communicate with the Father, every broken relationship is actually at the foundation of every problem that we encounter, whether it's broken relationships in the home, in the community, or even with, you know, with government. <laughs> How many peace treaters, treaties have been signed, but yet they have been broken because of lack of trust? And in order to trust something or someone, you have to have a relationship with them. And so that's the second part of the title. The gospel, yes, is important, but without a relationship, the gospel really doesn't exist. And without the power of the gospel, relationships cannot succeed and flourish. So they play on one another. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more just about the book and some things that you're talking about? Yeah, so the book really when you take a look at it, it's heavily skewed towards the male perspective and responsibility. Uh, and one of the reasons why is because that's the way that the Bible is written. Um, in Genesis, God tells us that he, he created a perfect place with a perfect people, right, and a perfect God. And then something happened and broke that. Uh, and when you take a look at what was broken, God came to restore it. So when you take a look at Genesis chapters 1 and 2, it reflects off of the last two chapters of the Bible, um, of Revelation 21 and 22. So God is saying, look, I want to restore a perfect place and a perfect people with a, you know, in communion with a perfect God. But in order to do that, we have to go through this process. And so the Bible tells us that he was going to send the seed. And so throughout the whole Bible, we're looking for the seed. Who is this one that's going to rescue us? And, it, and so the Bible lets us know it's going to be the son of God. Um, and so the Bible is heavily skewed versus the male responsibility. And so the book reflects that. And it's not that the Bible or God doesn't care about women. I mean, the, fact, the, the reality is that the first um, missionary evangelist um, after the resurrection of Christ was Mary, right? And when you read about it, Jesus could have gone straight to heaven after he resurrected. But the Bible says in the book of John that he waited for her. He waited for her to comfort her, to let her know, um, please go tell my brethren that I go to your father and my father. Right? There again, you see Christ building that relationship and showing how important um, women really were. Uh, but the book really focuses on the the at least the first half is talking about um about families and the foundation of the family is a marriage so we take a look at the marriage and the different roles between the husbands and the wives and the husbands um, we have three specific roles for them and the wives three specific roles um, for them as well and how they combine and work and, and, and work wonderfully together and all of them are found in scripture mm -hmm. I want to say, I want to mention something. So would you agree with me that the man, even though it's a man, is a bride of Christ? A hundred percent. Okay. So I just want to say that for our listeners. That sounds kind of strange, right? I'm a man, but I'm a bride. Yeah. I am a bride of Christ. It's so cool. Right. It does sound, <laughs> it does sound strange, but um, what's so great about the Bible is that it's written, um, a lot of it's written in, in a story format. 
right? So God wants you to see yourself, um, not necessarily as a woman, but to see yourself as an individual who he is so excited to spend the rest of his life with, right? And so if, if God is our husbandman, right? So the church is the bride, and the church is made up of men and women. It's made up of people. And so this, these are the individuals he's coming back for, right? And it says every kindred, nation, tongue, and people, right? But it also says that this is my bride. Um, God is saying, I, I love you with an everlasting love. And whether you're a male or a female, he's letting you know um, that he wants to spend all his time and attention focused on you. I love it. My wife is super passionate about this phrase. She says, weren't you excited to get married or aren't you excited to get married? The bridegroom is excited for you. He's coming. Be ready for him. Be a pure yes. bride. I'm like, that's so good. Keep saying that. Keep that's beautiful. It. It's, it's so good. Thank you for touching on that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And what are some other things that you're talking about through the book? The first half is relationship and family. The second half. The second half has to do with an interesting aspect of it's called friends and enemies, right? So when you're reading the Bible, you're like, oh, you know, Christians shouldn't have enemies. Uh, but the reality is that we do. Uh, now, Paul tells us that our true enemy is not against flesh and blood, right? It's against, you know, the evil ones and, and, and the, the, the spirits and the angels um, Prince of, of darkness. Yes, but, yes. Correct. So, but here I discussed that sometimes on this side of eternity, um, certain personalities just will not click. And it's okay when it comes to a certain point to separate, and it's biblical. And so I call it the Mizpah, which um, you see in the book of Genesis, when Jacob and Laban just cannot live together, right? And so Jacob leaves with his family, and Laban takes off after him. But Laban was like, God told me not to say anything good or bad towards you, okay? Um, so, but treat my daughters well. And the reality is they almost draw this line and they say, don't cross over on my side, right? And I won't cross over on your side. And it says, may God watch between me and thee while we're part one from another. And what's interesting, a lot of individuals will say that as if it's, um, it's an encouraging blessing. But it's really a warning, right? It's saying, don't cross over <laughs> to my side, and I won't cross over to your side. And sometimes um, it's okay for us to do that, especially with individuals who suffered abuse from their childhood. Um, you don't want to carry that anger in your heart forever. When God is in there trying to heal you, um, it's okay to say, I don't have to see you ever again, at least on this side of eternity, but I don't hate you. God is healing me. I forgive you, but I don't have to trust you, right? I don't have to have a relationship with you that, um, that is fake because in the heart of my heart, I'm not prepared to, to be in your presence. And God says that's okay. Um, and so I touch about that in the book to let people know that don't let people make you feel guilty that you're not ready to be friends with everyone. God says it's okay because your Christian journey is just that. It's a journey. In talking about advice for our listeners today, so I know we have people who are listening who are single, people who are engaged, people who are dating, married, even divorced. So can you give us some advice, practical advice in godly relationships? Yes, that's, 
I would love to because I myself am single. And a lot of times, um, as you continue to see individuals who are either engaged or they're getting married, a lot of times single people feel left out. But what's so amazing about the power of the gospel is that it's for everybody. Um, and so if you're married, you have the opportunity to reflect the image of God, right? Because he said he created male and female in his image. And the whole point of you coming together is to not just to procreate, but is but it is to show the rest of the world what it looks like to be in a relationship that's completely committed to one other person, right? Because God is completely committed to us. The fact that he went through the entire premise of the Garden of Gethsemane on Calvary, he went through it. He was showing that he's committed to you. And in the book, we actually, I actually talk about divorce as well um, because the Bible says that divorce is, is like a, a ripping of a garment, right? Um, because the two are supposed to be one, but now it's separated. And, the, and divorce is on a rise in our churches. And I believe it's honestly because people don't understand what God has called us to do. A lot of times we feel like, oh, I'm, I don't feel like I'm in love with this person anymore. Um, and we lose that feeling. But the feeling of love is just that, of feeling. Love, according to the Bible, is action. Sometimes you'll wake up and you're like, I really don't feel like I like this person today, but I'm going to choose to do what's best for them. There are things that I know that I do that God is not pleased with, but does that mean that he stops loving me? No. And so for those who are, are married, I mean, I think that's a key for them that, hey, don't, don't think that just because, hey, I don't feel romantic feelings towards this person anymore, that it's time for me to call quits. Mm -hmm. Because marriage is difficult, mostly because God has called you to reflect his image. And the enemy wants to eradicate the image of God from the face of this planet. So that means he's going to work extremely hard, and he does not sleep, I mean, 24-7, to try and break your union. Um, so for my married couples, you know, stay strong and, and know that God has a plan for you to be the one um, to reflect his image in the, in the aspect of, of being one. Um, for my divorced people, it's, it's so heartbreaking because we don't take the time to let them mourn, right? Because divorce is like a death. Jesus explains in Matthew 19 that that was not his plan from the beginning. He wanted them to remain, but sometimes separations do happen. Um, but that God has a plan for your life, right? As long as you are breathing, he has a plan for your life. And maybe it is to um, to do it over and and have an opportunity to get married again, but maybe it's not. That does not mean that you will not reflect his image because he is willing to come and live in your heart. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Revelation 3.20, where God says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will listen to my voice, open up the door, I will come in and I'll have dinner with you, right? That means he's the one bringing in all the groceries. Um, a lot of times we try and get ready, but God's like, I'm bringing the ingredients because I am the bread of life, 
right? He's like, I am the everlasting, ever-living water that will never run dry. He's like, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm bringing it all. And so a lot of times when our divorce um, individuals have been separated from um, from their marriages, from that other person, they don't feel whole. But God is saying, I'm stepping in to fill in those gaps. And for my single people, I totally understand where you're at. Um, and the reality is I had to learn for myself to make God my priority. And that's for everyone in any relationship, right? And so if um, in the book I explained that the first relationship we like to think about, oh, it's marriage, but the first relationship was actually between God and Adam and then with Eve and God. And then it says that he brought them together. So as a single person, um, especially when you're wanting to be in a godly relationship, you're searching for that godly person, I would implore you to search for God first. And then when you're able to have that connection with him, he will show you who that godly person is. But if you're out there looking for a godly person but not God, you've missed the boat. Yeah, I definitely got to continue to quote my wife on this because she, she continues to say like this, that you are already a bride. You're already a bride of Christ. Yeah. So just learn how to be a bride with the Lord. And then when the time comes, like just like you're saying, your husband in the flesh will come, but you're already a bride, already prepared. So it's so cool. That's right. Thank you yeah. for touching on that. And so I want to say for our listeners, again, these points, if you're looking up for things like this or questions like this, this book will help you to learn about different roles in marriage as you're preparing for marriage. Discover when it's okay to walk away from a relationship and be at peace and to find ability to love again because we've all been hurt before. The majority of people have experienced pain in relationships and ultimately to give yourself the tools needed to have a successful relationship. So those are all the things that you can get from this book and so many more that you're going to that you've talked about today. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you want our listeners to take away from your time here today? Um, you did a great job summarizing it. I was like, wow, this is, you know, the Holy Spirit's here. Thank you, Father. Um, the only thing I would, I would add is never to give up. Like what's amazing is that it says in Proverbs that the righteous man falls seven times, but the wicked man falls only once. Meaning that if you fall seven times, you have to get up. And so a lot of times when we fail in relationships and we feel like, oh, there, you know, there's no hope there, the reality is that as long as I said there's breath in you, God can make it work. Um, and so if you mess up, that's okay. That's part of your Christian journey. But his right hand is always there to lift you up. And then to give grace to um, our fellow believers. The very last part of the book, I call it the bonus section. Is just talking about the disconnect in the church family um, and the fact that we need to extend the grace that God has given to us, to our, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that, yes, they will mess up and so will we, um, but as long as we can give each other that helping hand, um, we can make it on this journey uh, towards the kingdom. And Cassandra, where can we find your book? Right now, you can find it on, on Amazon. Um, it's out there. You just type it in, The Power of the Gospel in Relationships, and it'll, it'll pop okay, up. Okay, great. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. That would be a great way to end the episode today. I would love to do that. Thank you so much, Dallas, yeah, for absolutely. having me um, and giving me an opportunity just to share about this passion that I have about 
God and your relationships because he he created them. Um, so thank you so much for your listeners for being a part of, of this journey for me. This is definitely something we all need to apply to our life, the gospel and relationships. So it's, I mean, it's, it's for everyone. It's practical. So pick up a copy of this book, guys, on Amazon. Check it out. Thank you. And so, yeah, I, I'd love to pray. Um, Father, thank you so much for an opportunity that you've given us, um, that you have set time aside that we can just come and talk about your word and the fact that you love us with an everlasting love. I pray that you will be with Dallas and the missionaries and the ministry that you've called them to do. In your Bible, you you the whole Bible is the fact that you are a missionary to us, that God came to us. The fact that in Matthew you said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. These missionaries are out there and they're doing that. So Father, let us be the ones who are remaining home, be domestic missionaries, Father, that we can share your word with others. I pray that you will give us peace and your love and that no matter what we do or where we go, we will always be able to shine a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.